Welcome to Cockpits and Cocktails, the lively aviation podcast where we talk about all things aviation and aerospace. Please grab a cocktail, let's chill out and talk about some aviation. Well, this is Cooper the pilot with Stephanie. Hey. I just like saying it that way. <laughs> Everybody there. And we would like to welcome today our special guest, Stacy Sheard. Hey, guys. Yay. Hi. <laughs> So Stacy, I met you recently and um, I know you're a helicopter pilot. Could you tell our, our audience about how you became a helicopter pilot in your career? Sure, sure. I, um, I probably wanted to fly since I was 11 or 12 years old. Um, I'm originally from Central California and um, there's a lot of wildfires in California and helicopters were always flying over my house to get uh, to the Sierra Nevadas. So I think I dreamed of helicopters at an early age, but I didn't have a lot of money. And back then um, when I was growing up, there weren't a lot of flight schools for helicopters that I was aware of. So um, I basically hedged all my bets and joined the army with the hopes of, I joined as an enlisted person and with the hopes of making it into um, a warrant officer candidate school and, um, and getting to getting the military to help me pay for flight school. So, and that worked. So, so I was an army um, Huey first and then Blackhawk pilot. And then I went back to Huey's and then back to Blackhawks. Um, and then I did, in the end, I did 11 years active duty in the army and I got out and uh, I started flying helicopters in the civilian industry. So these days I, um, I've done several different jobs after I got out of the military. Um, I worked in Las Vegas and flew tours to the Grand Canyon. I, um, I was in Los Angeles and I flew helicopter air ambulance and I did news and I did a little bit of uh, Screen Actors Guild work. And, um, and then I, uh, I ended up going back to Sikorsky Aircraft Corporation um, who makes Blackhawk helicopters. And I ended up as a production test pilot for the next seven years for them. Um, and uh, now I'm uh, flying corporate Augusta 139 helicopters in the New York metropolitan area and just generally in the Northeast. So in short, that's it. Tell us, did you get your SAG card? Yes, I did. Awesome. Yeah. So if you, can, if you cannot get uh, your SAG card acting, this is another way to go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was just a right place, right time, and really right aircraft. Somebody wanted the type of helicopter I was flying, and um, I, I was the only one that could fly it in town, pretty much. So it just happened to be timing, and um, I did a little bit of work, not much. And, um, and, and then at that point, um, I left California and moved to the East Coast. So, so I haven't really done uh, a lot of SAG work since I left Los Angeles. Well, tell I us. Say, you are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> this is when the mute, the bleep button comes in for me because you are badass. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my gosh. You're so. Right. <laughs> we dream. Oh, you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> tell us about the movie that you worked on you don't have to tell us specifically which one but um well I actually started when I was um in the army and I did some uh army commercials 
Um, and then, uh, which I didn't get paid for because while you're in the military, you can't get paid to help advertise for the military. Um, but then I got out and did a little bit of um, commercial work uh, with some friends. And, um, and then I did some work on some Showtime, uh, The L Word, if you remember, mm-hmm. the, and then uh, Entourage mainly. Um, there was some Ocean's 13 work as well, but most of that was CG. So that's kind of taken over, you know, to a I'm degree. In all. <laughs> I'm in all oh. of this story. This, this well, is, I think when you're on the West my Coast. story is so exciting. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I don't really think about it that much, but I guess from the outside looking in, it might seem, it was just, you know, honestly, it was right place, right time. I, uh, I have a passion for flying, so you know it wouldn't really matter in which direction I went, as long as I kept um, flying cool aircraft and um, you know and just being available for different jobs. So you know it was all timing. I mean, I couldn't have. There is no possible way I could have ever planned doing those things. And, and I never even dreamed of doing a Screen Actors Guild work at all. And it wasn't something I, I was going for, but it was mm-hmm. just one of those things that it was an opportunity along the way. And, um, you know, I rarely say no to opportunity. So I figure when it comes along, grab on and, and see what the yeah. ride is. Icing on the cake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I had a great time and um and you get residuals so when you do do screen actors uh guild work you do have residuals it's not a lot um but uh, but it's nice so it's a nice little you know check every now and again (laughs) (laughs) i mean oh i'm just living in my little chester county farm area over here (laughs) oh yeah well I I ended up I think I I moved from the west coast to the east coast um back in around I want to say 2007 and uh and that's when yeah I stopped doing any uh any more work in Los Angeles for movie work and I moved out uh to the Westchester area actually in Pennsylvania (laughs) to fly for Sikorsky aircraft um they had a facility there in Coatesville and um Mm -hmm. We um, produced a beautiful airport. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We produced um, Sikorsky ninety two helicopters, which seat about nineteen people, and then also Sikorsky seventy six helicopters, which they seat less, but that's uh, they're used heavily um, in the corporate uh, industry on the helicopter side, and also offshore oil and some air ambulance. And um, I I've actually flew an S seventy six Sikorsky for air ambulance when I was in Los Angeles and I worked for Children's Hospital in LA. So, so yeah, a number of different jobs, you know, here and there and then on myself. I'm right now I fly corporate um, helicopters and just mainly around the New York metropolitan area and in and out of Los Angeles. It's a lot of IFR and VFR, both that kind of um, flying. So it keeps it exciting. I was out late last night um, flying during uh, some rainy, crappy weather um, out of Philadelphia and then back into New York IFR. It always makes it interesting because our um, approaches sometimes don't take us, uh, our instrument approaches don't always take us to airports. Sometimes we are, uh, we're shooting an approach to a point in space over the water and there's no lights at the bottom, 
unless unless you're breaking out and you can see the uh, the coastline and you can see the lights on the coastline, which we did break out and uh, we break out just prior to New York City and then we fly about 12 more miles up the Hudson River and uh, drop our passengers off. So that's what we were up to last night and then um, and then getting back IFR as well. So it keeps it exciting. Um, the variety is always fun. Uh, we fly, I think majority, I would say over 80% VFR flying, but uh, whenever the weather, weather goes bad and it's not freezing levels, um, we're flying IFR. I actually just did the Hudson run a couple of days ago before this uh, horrible rain. I don't even, I feel like it's been raining for a month, but I guess it's been raining for two days. <laughs> it's been raining a while because all of my flying has been IFR lately. So yeah, that's the sign of bad weather. Yeah, we got to get Cooper um, to fly over here, and then we have to go do the Hudson. She hasn't done it yet. So. Oh, yeah, you definitely have to. I have a lot of shots of the uh, Statue of Liberty in Hudson's kind of. Oh, I bet. You're probably like, yep, that's New York. <laughs> <laughs> so I know. You yeah, I think everybody that flies out here, you, you, and then there's those days where you look out, um, you know, you look out the office window, and the Statue of Liberty is going by and you're like, dang, this is a pretty good job. <laughs> <laughs> and then you carry on with whatever it is that you have to do for that day. It's not a bad job. I, uh, I, I don't have anything to complain about. Absolutely not. So I'm happy with, uh, with where I ended up and, uh, and, it, and it, the variety. Oh, <laughs> this is so exciting. <laughs> and Cooper loves helicopters. I don't fly do. any. I have no idea half the, the names and letters and numbers you were saying earlier. I'm just like, this is so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Let's there, but, yeah, the numbers are uh they're they're familiar to helicopter people, but for non-helicopter people, it's like you've seen if you've seen a black hawk, a lot of movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, yes, you know, I do know what Blackhawk is. But. Yeah, so the one of the helicopter is a little bigger than a Blackhawk, and it's like a big Blackhawk. And then the other helicopter I flew for Sikorsky was a little bit smaller. It's like a yeah. Going to the helicopter association um, that conference, I that's when I was like, oh my goodness, I thought there are so many helicopters. I didn't know that there could be. This is the little one, and you're like, it fits 15 people, and it's the tiny one. Oh yeah, it's. Yeah. I mean, there are. I mean, the sizes range. Of course, they're all. You know, from piston size, you know, smaller size aircraft to uh, turbine twins, and then also maybe a twin with a, uh, you know, an APU on board or something like that. There's a lot of different. And in the helicopter industry, there are a number of sectors of the industry and I don't know if it's uh, more than the fixed wing industry but I think at last count I think I counted 29 different sectors of the helicopter industry like agriculture oh, wow. photo I mean a lot of similarities with some of the uh, fixed wing jobs you know pipeline patrol utility firefighting a uh, number of them are are uh, similar to uh, fixed wing um, and then there's a lot of others that are a little bit different as well so that, yeah, you know, uh, so if you're doing news or you're doing tours or you're doing agriculture or um, uh, God, air ambulance or offshore oil, um, let's name a, a, a few search and rescue corporate, um, you know, they're just, they just keep on going. Um, right. Logging, you know, heavy lift. There's, there's a lot of utility and uh, you find a lot of helicopter jobs are pretty purposeful. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that and that's part of what draws, especially when you're coming, like I came out of the military, when you're looking at doing your next job after coming out of the military, which is very purposeful, um, you want to go into a civilian career, you know, that's very purposeful. So I'll see a lot of military people that come out of the military and they want to go into search and rescue or say um, customs and border protection or um, firefighting or some kind of utility work um, that has been their life, you know, their life has been service for so long and they're looking for that purpose to kind of finish out the second half of their career. So I see it a lot in, um, in uh, military people that come out. And that's another thing uh, that I'm part of. I'm on the board of directors at the Helicopter Association International that puts on that Heli Expo that you went to. And then um, I also, um, have coordinated HAI's mill to sieve transition workshop for probably the past eight or nine years, something like that. And, uh, and yeah, that's been, that's been a, a great thing because uh, when I got out of the military, I had no idea how many jobs there were in the civilian industry, what they were looking for, what my resume should look like, what I should be dressed like, um, how to show up. I mean, do I bring a headset? Do I bring a helmet? Do I, what, what are you looking, what do you want? You know, you have no idea your life in the, in the military is very structured and you know all the rules and you've learned how to play by the rules for years. And then you're dropped into the, you get out of the military and you're dropped into the civilian world, which, which looks like chaos. So you got to figure it out. And so it, it's helpful to have a mentorship when you're getting ready to make that transition, because it's scary for a lot of people that have been in the military for a lot of years. It looks chaotic out here to a lot of military people and the rules are different. And um, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. And, and, and that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Just down to saying, what do I wait? Do I wear sh- what shoes? Obviously he wears shoes, but like what? What? Like- yeah. I mean, it's not combat boots, right? You're not going to show up. I mean, for a lot of the jobs on the civilian side, you're not showing up in a flight suit, uh, helmet and combat boots or flight boots. I mean, it'd be pretty cool though. If you like rolled up into the mall and you were yeah. like, here's my resume. <laughs> like be a little kid that like, yeah that would always oh, walk around yeah. in her Disney outfit like go to the grocery store and be like I'll take two pounds of turkey breast make sure the fan is blowing your hair is blowing in the wind <laughs> oh yeah the sexy <laughs> place. oh yeah oh, oh yeah she went that route <laughs> yeah no that's all you see in the movies too you wear I wore a flight oh, suit yeah. For, for years in the military. And I did wear it um, when I worked for Sikorsky Aircraft and also when I was uh, Air Ambulance. Um, but it looked nothing, my flight, <laughs> and the way it fits, it's supposed to, I mean, generally it's a fire retardant Nomex material and it's supposed to fit loosely hanging on your body. <laughs> so when you watch movies and you see it like skin tight, you know, not even zipped all the so way. So they're up. not leather and black and tight. <laughs> and yeah, the zipper's halfway down to your, Oh, my belly button ring showing. <laughs> yeah, probably not. But I mean, today. <laughs> it's a great TV though, you know, right? Draw, draws them all to the hey. yard. So why not? So I get asked a lot uh, by young girls who are going into flight training um, about, believe it or not, being a test pilot. How did you get into that and how, what do you advise them? Most of it, I think a lot of, 
um, companies that are looking for test pilots, production or experimental or uh, whichever way a company does it, a lot of the, their employees come from the military. So a lot of them are looking for a military trained pilot. Um, that's the majority. It's not always this way. Um, but a lot, a lot of them are military trained and they may have like in the different branches of the military, you might have specialties as a pilot. Um, for instance, at the, with the army, you can track um, several different um, specialties and one of them is maintenance. Um, so they might be asking for someone with maintenance experience with military aircraft or military training, and then also um, you know, experimental test pilot school, which when you're in the military, you may get sent to uh, a test pilot school or, um, or if you're working for a manufacturer, perhaps they will send you to a test pilot, you know, an experimental test pilot school. So I wasn't an experimental test pilot. I was a, a production test pilot, which basically means um, uh, that when a, when a helicopter that's already been completely tested and, and it's FAA certified for the aircraft I worked with, uh, it's already certified, but it's brand new. It's the first time they're rolling it out of the hangar. Um, I do all the hangar checks, the ground runs, and the, the initial test flights and, and fly it for the very first time it's ever flown. So that, that was my job. Um, now, not all um, aircraft manufacturers have um, let their test pilots do several different jobs. I was able to do some experimental test pilot work as, as just a test pilot sitting next to an experimental test pilot. So there's a number of different opportunities uh, that people have um, depending on who you end up working for. And the company that I worked for, um, you know, I, I, I had, I worked for Sikorsky Aircraft, um, which is now a Lockheed Martin company. And um, I did production test work. I did do some experimental, although I wasn't the experimental test pilot. And I did a lot of instruction uh, for when people buy new helicopters, say they, um, they make an agreement with the selling, with the company, with the manufacturer that they'll get five hours or 10 hours or, or some initial training on the aircraft. So I would do a lot of that training. And then if aircraft needed to be flown um, you know, all over the world or shipped and then flown into different countries, I delivered aircraft in all over the world, China, I flew aircraft in India. Um, I flew in a number in Azerbaijan. I flew in a number of places to deliver the aircraft, test aircraft, and also train the pilots who purchased the aircraft. So uh, there was a lot of travel in the job that I did um, when I was uh, flying test. And uh, I loved it. I loved the variety that Sikorsky offered. Um, and, and I had a great, I had a great seven years, actually. I loved it. That's the so, kind of job I want to travel. I know. Isn't it exciting? I, I mean, yes. being paid. Yeah. I still uh, have many friends that, that still work there. Um, I, uh, I've always been curious about other aircraft. I missed the, I missed flying, you know, IFR. I missed the variety of real life flying. And so after about seven years and, um, and, and, and several different aircraft, you know, flying test, I missed, uh, being able to get into other large helicopters. So eventually I found an opportunity to fly an Augusta 139. And then um, 
you know, great companies to fly with in the Northeast. So there, there's some wonderful opportunities out here for corporate helicopter pilots as well. And it comes in handy. My test background comes in handy because we're taking delivery uh, of a new Augusto 139 soon. And, uh, and that is a large um, twin engine turbine helicopter. It can seat anywhere from, you know, five to you know, to into the double digits. This depends on what the interior is set up. Ours is corporate. So it seats, I think the new one we're getting seats seven. So it, it's, you know, it's a good size. The one we have now seats five, but the seats are really large and comfortable kind of, you know, if you, if you fly in a first class seat, it's uh, got captain's chairs and it lays back and, and the seats are really nice in our aircraft. So ours are built for corporate transport. Um, that same helicopter could be doing search and rescue and outfitted completely differently, or it could be fighting fires and outfitted, uh, you know, differently as well, or it could be doing air ambulance. So all of the options for the interiors of all these aircraft will vary. And they're, they're capable of doing just, you know, a variety of, of jobs. I saw one of them at the Heli Expo had um, like wallpaper in the back. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I just, I just had no clue. And I'm thinking, okay, this is how I really want to live my life in the back <laughs> of a helicopter. <laughs> I know, right? It is nice. I, I, whew, yeah. Oh yeah, it is nice. Yeah. And I, um, and as far as, um, a lot of, uh, people interested in flying test, I think that's, um, I think flying in the military and getting that experience and also, um, applying for test or maintenance or uh, specialties like that is a good way to, to try to navigate that route to eventually becoming a test pilot. Um, and then um, also if you're in school or you're studying in uh, university, engineering, um, flight engineer, aviation engineering classes would be helpful to help you navigate that route as well. Um, so, the, you know, there, there are a lot of, I think, a lot of different ways to get there. Uh, but I think that the military has been, um, probably creates the most test pilots, I would say. So, but, but yeah, I, and, and, and if you speak to a bunch of different test pilots, they'll probably, probably all give you different, uh, you know, different things to study in school or different routes to take, but that seems to be, uh, fairly common is engineering classes and, uh, and military. Good to know. Well, share with everyone if they want to follow your journey, your social media tags. Oh, yes. So I'm easy to find. It's just my first and last name, Stacy Sheard. So, and it kind of looks like Stacy's heard. <laughs> yeah. So, so pretty much on Facebook, Instagram, um, everywhere, it's my first and last name. It's just S T A C Y and Sheard which is awesome. pretty much what it sounds. Um, <clears throat> but, um, but yeah, I am trying to keep up with my social media. I keep taking, uh, I've got plenty of content, just nothing put together. It takes time, man. I don't know how you guys are doing it. That's because we have no life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Cooper, Cooper does, but I mean, uh, I live where farm animals live. So, you know. <laughs> I like Westchester though. Westchester's nice. Well, do you, uh, very, ever, um, what was I involved heavily in there? Um, Girls Exploring Tomorrow's Technology. Have you heard of that? It's a STEM event that happens around yeah. 
Doylestown. Um, my niece is in Doylestown. So um, I have to look into it though, but that sounds actually something I've got her. She, she loves flying, uh, like oh. she's in first grade, but um, so I mean, she's in first grade. Things could change tomorrow. But, um, <laughs> I know. It's true. Um, my daughter doesn't like to fly and she's a freshman at Temple. So um, she, it's not that she doesn't, she has no interest in learning to fly. She will be fine if you take her to where she wants to go, but that's about as far as it goes. So um, anything that's especially like STEM related, I know that my niece Hunter would probably love to do. Yeah. So I definitely. Yeah, there's a lot of people in aviation. That. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot yeah. of people in aviation jobs and, and their children uh, often don't have an interest in aviation. Sometimes they do though. I, I right. Oh, is it more of a rarity? I um, would like to know how many, if they did like a study of, you know, you always hear if you're anywhere, like you're like, Oh, well, my, my grandfather flew and my great, you know, and it's always like past the line. I don't have a single person in my family that flew. So <laughs> no, <Yeah>. no one. <laughs> I don't either. There's no one in my family that flew. So what mm-hmm. I did was yeah, completely alien, right? And everybody, <laughs> like, if you're if you're gonna go spend all that money and learn how to fly, people will tell you you're crazy, and that's. But a very- lot of people have learned because they grew up riding shotguns, you know, with their dad, and I mean that has to help. Yeah, but I do hear a lot of I, I hear a lot of especially women, um, you know, maybe later in life um, when they've actually started one career, if they want to switch over to aviation or they have, they've always had kind of a nagging interest in it. I think um, many times uh, they're told by friends or family, Hey, that's crazy. You know, that's a pipe dream. That's crazy. You know, or you're spending a lot of money for what, but, uh, but yeah. And, and so you, you do feel very alone. Uh, when I, I, I learned how to fly like when I started lessons at like 38 and you know everybody was had a comment I you know it's a sad thing to say that everybody had a comment when I don't say like why are you wearing that shirt you know? <laughs> yeah I don't I don't judge them on anything and it's like an, it's, it's an exciting thing that I want to do and they it's just it's not my fault that they don't understand that you you might have that fear but I don't yeah. You know, yeah. or you might not have that fear if you try. So we're yeah. running out of time, ladies. Um, but I want to finish up with there will be uh, a lot of women and young girls listening, hopefully. <laughs> what advice or encouragement can you give to these women to pursue their dreams in aviation or and or helicopter? Oh, yeah. I I mean, here's the thing. If you are at all interested in aviation, it is definitely a great career. I mean, I've had a wonderful career. I wouldn't change a thing. I mean, the ups and downs of it all. um, You're not crazy. (laughs) Pursue it and and focus on it and keep at it and it will happen. And what I would also do is find yourself a network of people and, you know, especially you know, women, um, because we are such the minority, what are we, 5% in aviation or something ridiculous? Um, you need to find a, a network or a support system. And in that, I would, I would definitely join, you know, an organization like the 99s or Women in Aviation International, uh, WAI.org. If you're interested in helicopters, 
um, HAI, Helicopter Association International. And I would um, join, you know, Facebook groups or any kind of group or follow anybody that that is promoting aviation that you can send a message to and ask a question and, you know, how can I do this or what should I focus on or which way, where should I look for a flight school or how do I pay for this? I mean, there's a million questions and nobody probably in your general circle is going to know how to answer that for you. It's just easiest for other people to say, that's crazy. Why would you ever want to do that? I mean, most people were, you know, where you grew up, um, you know, where I, I'm from, I haven't been in my hometown for years. I left a long time ago uh, and it's wonderful to go back and visit, but, you know, a lot of people will do a job, um, especially a woman that you're, you know, that you can fit into, that everybody else can see you fitting into. Aviation is not something people can imagine for you unless it's something like, you know, stereotypically common for a woman as far as like a flight attendant or something like that. So wanting to become a maintenance technician or a pilot or an engineer, that's sort of out of the ordinary. So you have to find your tribe, find the people that are doing what it is you want to do, chase them down and ask them questions and don't feel dumb because we all have the same questions. So, uh, and we've been down the road, we know the obstacles already, and we can save you some time, money, and heartache by giving you at least directions to move in. So I think it's, it's all about finding your, your people, your network, people that are going to help you along the way. Well said, well said. Well, this is uh, the end of our podcast for today. Thank you so much, Stacy, for uh, coming on and telling us all about your story. It's just been amazing. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it, Stephanie and Cooper. It's awesome. It's awesome to meet you at WAI too. Hopefully I can get to Oshkosh as well. Um, but yeah, if anybody has any questions about being a helicopter pilot or a helicopter mechanic, if I don't know the answers, I can find them for you. Um, but I can easily be looked up or Googled uh, just Google my name, Stacy Sheard, or my handle is on Instagram is Stacy Sheard as well. So easy to find. You're awesome. 